it's it's one of the things I think that a lot of you do cherish. There's there's cha challenges with leaving the kids in here for the first part of the service, but most people uh, say that they like the fact that their kids are in here. And you know, honestly, whether they seem like it or not, I believe they're seeing you, seeing you worship, seeing you put God as as in in that place of is is important. And you know, that's why I t challenge people to. You know, make sure you got your Bible out at home so that they see you using it. They see you reading it. They see it there. I mean, I, my, mine, of course, I mean, obviously I'm preparing sermons all the time, but but I've got it, mine laying all over the place, you know, different places and, and always have. But but listen, that's not just for preachers to do. Now, the other thing is, though, that they, they'd see you demonstrate the, the action that you put to that faith and, and what you're believing. They see you fall and get up. They see you repent when you're wrong. They see you walk it out and understand understand something that that you're not trying to put something on outside that's different from what's inside so make sure that you're doing the best you can there as well but I want us to well, I'm, I'm titling this the life of faith and let's turn to Romans chapter 10 and we're going to begin here because I, I, I got the topic or the you know as I was just in prayer God I felt like faith was the topic and, uh, you know, teaching on faith and talking about faith is, is important, and, uh, but I hadn't done this in a little while, and, and so I got to looking kind of back at notes, and I, I think, I, I don't know, it's been a year or so since I taught on maybe the tub, t this topic of faith. But I want us to see here, because from the, from the beginning of our Christian uh, becoming Christians, faith begins, but it doesn't just end with us accepting Christ. It's not just for the, the belief in who He is, although that's a key to it. But let's look at Romans 10, 9, verse 9. It says that uh, if you declare with your mouth the Lord Jesus, or Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, notice there in, in just that simple verse, or that, that one verse, he says, if you declare with your mouth. So he, he isolates one element of salvation. He says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. One of the ways that we test the spirits, Paul talked about testing the spirits. I believe it was the Apostle Paul. But he said to, to you know, question, if they can't confess Jesus as Lord, then they're not of God. It's a, it's a way to begin to, to determine whether or not things are of God. But he says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that not just God is, but notice it says that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So there's a, an importance and a value on that. And I, and I know we know this, this is oversimplifying something for you who have believed, but I think it's, it's important that we have this uh, known so that we understand the qualifications for salvation. I saw a post that somebody had and they were talking about how, you know, how to get to heaven. And this is it. You know, it's not how, how often you're in church. It's not, you know, that you had praying parents. It's not that you live in America. It's, it's not that you, you know, you were, uh, the preacher says good things at your funeral. You know, it's none of those things except, and, and those are all good things. We, we want all those in our life, right? But this is the qualifier. You know, people will question sometimes, is there other ways to God? And, and uh, there's a very clear statement there. But notice the two, the two different things that are involved. Belief in your heart that not only that God is. James chapter 2 talks about that where, where the, even the demons believe who God is, but obviously they're not saved. So he, he's, James was telling them, he said, man, it's not a big deal for you to say that God is God or you to believe that God is, but you got to put all this together to, to receive the package. And he says, 
Believe in your heart that God is, but that also that He raised Him from the dead. And, and why is that so significant? Because without the resurrection, without the cross, without the death, without the burial and, and the price being paid by Jesus, and then Him being raised to new life, it's not complete. So believing that, and, and also it takes faith to believe that. You know, it's easy to prove by, by history that Jesus walked the earth. It's scientists and, 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 and the historians, I mean, and, and they've all proven that. I mean, it's, you know, even historians in, back in the, in the days of Jesus that didn't even necessarily call themselves Christians weren't ones who walked with Jesus. They, uh, Josephus and, and different ones, they wrote books about it. I mean, he's, he's, it's proven. It's, it's easy to know that he lived but that he died and rose again is something that we have to believe by faith. Now, I believe that's been proven as well. But for us who believe, whether or not, you know, I always laugh. I, I, I love it whenever certain things, miracles of the Bible are proven. I mean, it's kind of cool that they think they found the Noah's Ark or they try to explain how the, you know, the Red Sea crossing ha took place or they, or they try to find, you know, the, the elements of, and I, I got to go to Israel. It's so neat to go and, and see the foundations of the, some of those buildings and, or I mean, the cities or the structures that were, went way back. They've got by the Wailing Wall there in, in the temple in Jerusalem in the old city of Jerusalem, there's a, there's a, an area you, you can go into and we were privileged to go in. I don't think the public necessarily always gets to go in there, but we went into a, a side room, and, and the way the wailing wall works on is that the women are on one side and the men are on another, and on the men's side, uh, we there's a room where they read the scripture, and I, I believe it's all day long or over a, over the period of days, and they rotate, pulling out the old scrolls, and we get to see some of the old original scrolls, and we were able to go in there, and this was really just still Jewish people, but we had a uh, an opportunity to do it. But there was a plate, and it allowed you to see down where the, the temple, the foundations, and, and had gone way down because they, they would tear things down and they rebuild on top of it. And, and, and there's, it's just interesting the, the way that all worked. But to see all that was, was moving. To think I was walking on the, the streets and, and, and in the places where Jesus had really actually been, where, where some of these things took place, it, it was very moving to me. But nothing more moving than the very fact that Jesus was raised from the dead and he was raised from the dead to produce in me or provide for me salvation. And, and so those are the things he, uh, that's so key here. But he says you must believe there, there's faith required. So a life of faith, a life with faith, or a life in Jesus Christ begins with that in, in our salvation, but it doesn't end there. Notice he goes on here in verse 10. He says, For it is with the heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with the mouth that your profession, uh, you profess your faith and are saved. As the Scripture says, anyone who believes in Him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Notice he says, and again, everyone who calls on, everyone who says, uh, it, it takes words to do that. And so there's such a, uh, an importance, I think, on putting the two together is the belief in the two parts of that equation to both believe and to confess. You know, uh, have you ever thought something in your mind 
He's like, boy, this is a good idea, man. This is, you know, and you, and you, you get it all planned out in your mind, and it, it, it just fits together great. It sounds great. It, it looks great. It's going to be awesome. And then you start to explain it to somebody, and, and when it comes out of your mouth, you're like, okay, now I see a problem or two here. I mean, you know, it's like once, once confession is made, see, we can believe in God, but can we confess Him? Because I think that there is, a, there is something that happens. You know, we're, we're, if you realize we're a three-part being, we're a spirit, it's been born again. We have a soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions, and we live in a body. So we're, we being three-part beings, if we put all, the, all those come together when we believe in our heart, and in order to say with our mouth, we got to get our mind in agreement with what are, what's happening in our spirit realm. There's a process there when we begin to formulate words or put things into, into a confession or, or say things that we engage our, we have to engage our mind in that. Sometimes you'll hear me hesitate, and there's a preacher thing that we kind of, we don't necessarily stutter, but we, we, we do stuff like that. We, we say things again, and, and I hate it. I, I listen, re-listen to my videos. Now, don't get focused on that now that I've pointed it out. Okay, I've pointed out my communication flaws here. But there are times that I'm thinking three sentences ahead or two sentences ahead, and, and I'm trying to make sure because I'm very careful about my words, I try to be. I don't, I'm not perfect in it, but I, I try to communicate well, and I don't write everything out that I'm going to say. I, I go through it. But as I go through those things, see, if we, just a little side note, if we did a lot more thinking three sentences ahead when we were talking, we might get to stay out of trouble a lot sometimes, right? You ever, you ever let your mouth fly open and say something and went, oh, I wish I could reel that back. But you know what the Bible says, a, a word sin is like an arrow. It can't, come, it can't be drawn back. But the power of our words are so important. And so as we begin to take the heart belief, what we've believed, and then we, when then we form it into words, I believe that Jesus is my Lord. And when we begin to say that, see, there's a power released when those things are combined that, be, that, that moves things. That's why I wanted that song sung again, uh, the, the say to the mountain to, to move, to see mountain moving faith. Because see, here's the thing. When we begin a life of faith, which is the confession of Jesus as Lord, the belief in our heart, saying with our mouth, that begins that process and that walk. But then it continues in that same way where our prayer life is concerned, where receiving from God is concerned. Prayer begins to be different when its foundation is faith from what God has spoken. After salvation, faith continues in how we connect with God and receive from Him through His Word and, and our relationship in all areas of life. So let's look at Mark chapter 11, and, and I want us to, to look at this scripture, and I've taught this a lot of times, a lot of different ways. Um, I, I've emphasized this, referred to it. You're probably familiar with it. If you heard me teach it very much, you're, you're, you're familiar with it. But I want us to see some things. It's amazing to me how I can go to a verse that I've taught hundreds of times or referred to and even used in my own life and then see new things, how God just begins to reveal those things. You know, I think it's fitting the, the verse out of Habakkuk that, that Dakota brought this morning because I always tell people in times of stress, in times of drought, don't just pray for rain. That's what we want. It's like, fix the problem, God, and I'll tell you how. Just bring rain. But yet, I always tell people God gave them wisdom in every time of drought. If we're listening and hearing God, He's preparing beforehand. 
What did he do in, in many times? He sent them to a different place. He, he told them to store extra grain. God would prepare them in times for what was coming when we, when we developed that life of faith. You know, God may be telling you, get out of debt. God may be telling you, save. God may be telling you to adjust or change. And he's doing that in anticipation of putting you in a better place. But see, here in Mark 11, uh, I love verse 22. He, he very simply says, uh, have faith in God. Now, I've heard that taught that, that that's the, having the faith of God. If you break that down in the Greek, that it means have the faith of God or the God kind of faith. Well, what's God's kind of faith? Unmovable, un, unhindered, unshaken. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it, God didn't have to go, man, I hope this works. You know, he just knew, right? I mean, he just, he just put those things in, the, in place. But notice it says, have faith in God. See, this begins to change everything. And I want to just focus just a moment there because whenever I start to walk in a, in a life of faith, I have, I have chosen to say, God, I'm going to put you in the place of where, where, I, where I get my wisdom, where I get my strength. I'm, I'm going to involve, begin to involve you in all areas of my life. See, we go from limited to limitless when we have faith in God. When we, when we go, we go from powerless to powerful, full of power. Why? Because we, be, we step into a, a place that we can't be on our own. He says, have faith in God. Faith in God changes everything because God can change anything. That was something the Lord gave me this morning. Man, what a, what a great statement. See, faith in God changes everything because God can change anything. You know, our, our challenge is, is that, we get, that we can get our eyes on God and off of the situation. And, and we talk about that all the time, but that is the challenge, right? But so if I just begin to, to in, in a life of faith that says, God, I'm putting my faith in you. I'm not putting my faith in my own ability. I'm not putting my faith in markets. I'm not putting my faith in rain. I'm not put, I mean, I love it when all that stuff lines up, makes it easy, right? I love it when, man, you know, I don't know if, you, if you're in the cattle business, what was it, 2014, 15, somewhere right in there when it was, I mean, you, it didn't matter what you did, buy cattle, they make money. I mean, and, and oh, it was fun, you know, haul, hauling a yearling cow, uh, calf into town and getting $1,400, $1,500 for them, 16 sometimes. I mean, just stupid kind of money. Like, who, who in the world can, can afford to buy those cattle like that? But it sure was fun to be a cow-calf man during that time. And you know what? Uh, uh, there, the, now it's a little different. You know, uh, expenses going up, markets see it, and it's come up a little bit, but so did all the inputs, all the cost of, of doing business, all those things. But see, here's the thing. God gives us a way where there is no way. Your business, whatever you're doing, can, can be the, in, in that same way, raising your kids, whatever it be. God understands. All, oftentimes what we want to pray is, is God hears Speaking to the mountain, in other words. Speaking to the mountain, a lot of times we're just, we're just hollering at, you know, we, we see the mountain being moved by rain or in the, in the case of drought, where God may say, you know what, this is a time where you can, you can make some other adjustments. There's some other things that you can change. Everything begins to change whenever we put our faith in God because God can change anything. You know, uh, if you put Matthew 19, 26 up on the, 
up, up out of the Amplified, if you could put that up on the screen. I want you to look at this. He says, but Jesus looked at them and said, with people, as far as it depends on them, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Boy, I like that. I didn't want to turn over there because I didn't want to get distracted, but just think about that verse. Jesus looked at them and he said, with people, as far as it depends on them. See, when we look at our circumstance, we're, we're only through us and what we can do and what we can see and what we can control. It's as depends on me. But with God, all things are possible. And you know what? When we put our trust in God and we look at this, the circumstance and the situation, it's, it's, like, it's like all the people, they bring out everything wrong, everything bad, everything that's, that they're seeing. But yet when we touch things with God, we, we're willing to say, okay, God, I'm putting my faith in you. Not for just, the, not for just and this is what the Lord was ministering to me in, in, in teaching today, is not just in the area that I can conceive as the way you fix it, but God, I'm putting my trust in you that regardless, that's what, that's what Habakkuk was saying, regardless of all this other stuff, regardless of everything that you see out here, I'm putting my faith and my trust in God. And, and God will move mountains, make things change. He's bigger, better, stronger, greater than our circumstance or our situation, but we have to have faith in Him. So that's why Jesus began that, that, this teaching with simply put your faith in God. Put your faith in God. And what was interesting was, is, is back over here in Mark, in Mark chapter 11, he, was, he had just cursed the fig tree. he just spoken to it and it withered away. And the disciples were like, man, wow, you are amazing in what you can do. And he shifts their attention back to God. He says, no, wait a minute, have faith in God. Now he was... He was still the son of God. He, he continued to be God, I, I, all of that. But he's like, don't just look at me, look at God. And he, he drew their attention back to him. And he, he goes on in verse 23. And he says, truly I tell you that if you or anyone says to this mountain, and he, he's standing there, physical, you know, he points to the mountain. You got to understand, he was physically in that environment teaching. And he's going, you see that mountain over there? He says, you, you tell this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea. Now, that's an extreme. You say, well, oh, that's that name and claim. That's all oh, that's crazy stuff. That's, uh, just hang with me. He says, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it'll be done for them. So Jesus brings faith and prayers confession together and releases tremendous power enough to move a mountainous circumstance is what I wrote down. Be, be certain that the power of confession isn't you and I commanding based on what we want to happen and say. It is based on God, who He is, and what He has given us to believe. Faith comes from God and His Word. See, notice He said what we can say with our mouth and believe in our heart, it will happen. See, sometimes we're, we're praying for something that... I don't know about you, but there's times I've been caught praying for something that I don't have the faith to believe. Well, according in, in this instance, in this scripture, the way this, this uh, process works, that sets me up for failure in that, in that prayer. So I need to then backtrack and flip that around and ask myself, okay, God, what can I believe? Or why am I not able to believe? You know, it's, re it's really God just, God loves it. He's, he's not mad at you for asking a question. 
You know, uh, I, I, I had, of course, the different kids, the different ways that we would, we would work together. And, and uh, you know, I think sometimes they, they, they thought, I, I can't wait to be a grandpa. I mean, it's going to be so much fun to be so much more patient, you know. I don't know about any of you, but I mean, as a parent, I'm not, I wasn't very, and I'd tell you young parents, I, I was up there, Jay was helping me fix Kinsey's car, and, and so his boys would be up there, and I mean, Brady, he's, he's I paid him, uh, I actually give Jax a little bit of money too, but I, I paid uh, uh, Brady a, a little bit of money for, for working on the car, you know, and we were just glad he didn't scratch it, because we were trying to fix it and everything, but he's up there, and he's, he's buffing her, he's doing something, we were doing some body work, Jay used to be a body work man and and uh, anyway he he blessed me with with fixing that car so but I'm up there and and I I told him I said look he said I you you know he I could tell he was antsy the first time I was up there because they were in the way a little bit I said hey don't don't worry about them I said the fact that they're here and they're willing to carry a wrench around and and be right in the middle of this I said this that's invaluable get have, have the patience and, and so, anyway, uh, I said, do it better than me, because uh, I would have been going, no, that's not the right one. What, what are you doing, you know, and, and done kind of like probably my dad did. But at the same time, I can tell you this, that where God is concerned, he's not afraid of us asking questions. He's not disappointed when we ask questions. And when we come to God and say, God, I don't have faith for this. God, I don't understand this. God, I don't know what to pray for. See, I think sometimes we just do what we think is obvious instead of asking the simple question is, God, what do you say about this, and how do I need to approach this different? And I'm talking about in our prayer life. A lot of times we just want to pray for the obvious, or we just want to do the obvious, and then we wonder why, uh, why it isn't isn't happening when we ought to be saying, God, where am I at in this equation? If I'm trying to speak to the mountain, but I have doubt in my heart, then I, need to, then, then I need to go back and say, okay, God, how do I change this? What is it that I need to pray that I can believe for? What, what, which part of this can I handle? And which part do I need to rely on somebody else to help? And so uh, asking ourselves those questions and asking God in the midst of it, you say, well, I don't know if God will speak to me. If you ask the questions and spend the time for him to answer, he'll absolutely help you with that. He'll absolutely lead you and guide you. Verse 24, notice this. He says, therefore, I tell you that whenever you ask, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it'll be yours. Now, there was, there was a big shift here because he said, uh, whatever you pray, whatever you ask in prayer, believe you've received it. You have received it. That's past tense. So we, we got to move, we got to shift from God a asking in this prayer of faith and, and having a life of faith and where our prayer is concerned. When we can shift from just praying uh, according to asking for it to believing we have it, then he says, then it'll be, then it'll absolutely be done for us. You know, where uh, I know we, the, the, there is a process in, in, a, in that walk in learning how to, to do this, how to pray with faith, how to, how to release our, our prayers and trust them over to God, how to set back then and, and settle it. You know, one, one thing that enables us, there's a freedom in ha being getting to that place where we can, again, believe it's already done. What happens after, and I always use the illustration of when I have confidence in somebody's word that they say they'll do it, 
there, there's a rest that, come, that follows that. It's like you're not anxious about it, not worried about it. The other day I went and picked up some panels. Dakota's got a bunch, had, a, had a bunch. He's down to a fugit now, but these freestanding 24-foot panels at the sale barn, and I, and I bought some to add to a corral, and they're awesome because you can just set them up, chain them together, and bam, you got 24 feet of pipe fence that they can't tear up, and they're not going to get over. And so it is, it is awesome. I went by and picked those up, and we were sitting there talking, and I, I drove off. Didn't pay for them. I'm, I'm sure he was pacing the floor. He was worried about it. He was going to go, whether he's going to get his money. You got to watch them preachers. That's what he told me later. But you know what? I, you know what? I, I texted him back. I said, man, you let me drive off without giving you a check. Well, see, because he knows me, because he trusts my word, because he knows that I'll, I'll do what I say I'm going to do, he wasn't worried about getting that money. He was, there, there was no question. See, there was a, there was a rest and a peace. It, it was a, a fleeting thought. It wasn't even a concern. Now, next time I was over there, he, he, he reminded me, hey, <laughs> not exactly like that, but anyway, one free pass, yeah. But see here, where, where God is concerned, what about, what about where, when we go before God in prayer? Can we learn to trust Him? You say, well, I trust God. We do verse 22, we trust God. But how do we get to that place of believing what we're praying for? See, that's where we go and, and we begin to take a, a word and allow it to speak. You know, every time, I, I, it's amazing to me how every time we come before God in, in church, before we, when we come to God with, with our Bibles open, that God will begin to lead us to certain places. And, and as we begin to read with an expectation that we're going to have a, a conversation and a, and a fellowship with God, it's amazing that He'll show up to speak. You say, well, I've never heard the voice of God, but can you read that Scripture and go, man, that's good. Can you read that Scripture and say, and say, you know what, this is speaking to me. This is fitting my circumstance or my situation. Maybe you, you, you struggle to do that at home, but you come to church and, and we read through the Scripture and all of a sudden you're, are, are, you, are you sensing that, God's, that, 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 that the Word is saying something? You're not just hearing my words. See, here's the thing. You're not just hearing my words. You're hearing God speak. That's how God sounds. That's how God speaks. You very rarely hear booming voice, audible. You very rarely hear complete sentences. We, we very rarely, oftentimes, here's the thing. Oftentimes, it's a still, small voice, and it may be one simple word, but bam, that one word changes everything. It may be very simple how God speaks. Maybe it's just a phrase. Maybe it's just one passage of Scripture. Maybe it's something you see somewhere. But, but allowing that to begin to speak, see, that changes us from a, from a prayer with a wishful thinking to a prayer of faith that says, you know what, God? Absolutely. And so I can stand in that prayer time knowing and having the rest and the peace that because it's of whose word it is, I can have confidence in it. I can, I can absolutely say that it's, it's been done. You know, you begin to think about a life of faith, and, and then you begin to intertwine the Word of God, the Scripture, your belief system, your values in life, your characteristic traits, your habits, your everything begins to revolve around or be intertwined with what God's doing and what God says. You begin to approach life different. You begin to see things different. You begin to, you begin to allow the, the Word of God to become a part of that. And, uh, and I wrote this down. He's asking a question. Are you praying and believing? 
or believing, are you believing what you're praying will come to pass? You know, I think that's the big question is, are we praying and believing? See, Jesus brought the two together. And so oftentimes, you know, it just takes that little bit of extra to get it done. You know, I was thinking about, um, I'm, I'm, I've started playing around with some of these, the, the different type of roping. I've roped all my life, and, and I roped to be a, a rodeo-type cowboy to, to rope, team roping, calf roping. And so I, I always roped in the pasture. We did some doctrine. We did, you know, but we didn't do it as a, I mean, it, it was different the way we did it. We just basically took the, the, the competition-style roping and put it into the pasture. But as I've begun to research and study, I've gotten fascinated with the different ranch loops and, and all the different ways that the, 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 the ranch cowboys can rope in a different way. It's a whole different, it's a whole different idea, philosophy, and approach to it. Well, see, I, I can handle a rope really well, but, I, but going into something that's entirely different, I have to work at it. I have to practice. I have to research. I have to study. I have to put time in. You know where the Word of God is? A lot of times we just want to pray and, and hope it sticks. Or we just want to take the, I, I, I call it, well, or we just want to take it with the safe way to just say, well, God knows, God's in control. And you know, there's, there's a, a difference in what Jesus is talking about right here. It's a putting on us a responsibility to say, what, what part do you play? How does, how does your faith, your prayer, your confession, your heart belief affect it? And he says that if we can pray believing, we'll receive. So what, what i got to ask myself is, God, how, how much time does it take? How much extra research does it take? How much development does it take? You know, all these, all these seasons of life and, and the things that we experience in life are all part of God processing, getting us to a place where we can fully walk in the wall He's got for us. Now, where our salvation is concerned, you don't work for that. Uh, where, you know, you, you, once you've made your, your, your confession of faith and you believe in your heart, you're saved. You're, you're going to heaven. But man... I don't want to get to heaven and look back and go, wow, all this stuff I could have used, all these benefits I, I could have taken advantage of. I want to understand how to apply these types of principles. I want to build a life of faith that's involved in all those things. So let's look over here at, at Psalms 37, and we're going to wrap it up with this. Psalms 37, uh, if, if you know me, you, you know that I use these verses a lot. I refer to these verses a lot. But here again, God showed me something in these verses that I have stood on and used as a foundation for my life from, for years and years and years in this verse 3 of Psalms 37. And that first word is trust in the Lord. Sounds like, sounds like uh, Mark eleven twenty two. have faith in God. Same, you know, it's written in Hebrew, written in Greek, New Testament's in Greek, and, and, but, but he says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land, enjoy safe pasture. Notice he says, though, trust in the Lord. And then, and then he says, verse, verse 4, take delight in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Verse 5 says, commit your way to the Lord. And notice again, he says, trust in him, and he'll do this. He'll bring it to pass, the New King James says. You know, I, I love that. The, the trust is at the beginning of verse 3 and at the end of verse 5. 
But if you combine all those, all those uh, uh, verses together, it, it's talking about a life of faith, a, a lifestyle, a, a way that they, they live, trusting in the Lord. That's the way I'm going to live. I'm going to live trusting in the Lord. God may use you know, other things to produce in my life, to develop things in my life, but my, my trust is in God. That's what, that's what Habakkuk was saying. He's saying, you know, it, it may not rain. It, it, you, you, you may lose livestock. You may lose all these things. See, and and if, you've, if you've ever done, especially production ag of any kind, you, you've probably been through seasons of that. Crops didn't produce. Beans looked awesome early. Didn't get the rain during the primary time of, of when they were blooming. It was too hot. There was not enough rain. There were things that affected that, that end result. But you got to trust God. There's times whenever I've had something where cattle were concerned, it wasn't working. If you've, if you've done those types of things, you understand that. Maybe, maybe about in your life, there's times when you buy something that you're going to resell and you think, man, this is a great idea. We bought a house over in Stillwater with my sister one time. We was going to flip it. Big five-bedroom three. It was right next to John Smith, you know, the wrestling coach. I mean, it was out in there, out in there on, you know, between Perkins and Stillwater. Beautiful area, big acres. It was a big undertaking, and, but the market was going really good, and we started working on this house. It had been repoed, and, and, I mean, we were just, boy, we were doing a lot of work to it, a lot of sweat equity. I was young and, and you know, younger, and, and uh, the kids, we walked in the house, and they went, we're living here? I mean, it was a pit. I said, hey, just... Relax, it'll be okay. But we went in and we, we remodeled the house, but before we could get it all done, the market really took a dive. And we were just like, okay, God, we're trusting you. This was supposed to have been a good money maker. This should have been a you know $25,000 flip. I mean, it should have been something that would have made a bunch of money. But it didn't. But our trust never left God. See, when things begin, faith enables you to ride that out, what you trusted entrusted in, in, in to God. See, our way, our delighting ourselves in the Lord, we give Him the desires of our heart and allow Him to put our desires in our heart. Then we commit our way to Him, trust in Him that He'll bring it to pass. Now, I'm going to close with this thought, and we're way early. Y'all not warn the kids down there, but... Uh, uh, the, to commit your way to Him means I'm going to have faith that God, even the way that you bring it to pass, is better than what I could plan. See, when we, when we combine all this into our prayer time, and we begin to look at a life of faith, we're, we're, we're saying, God, I'm going to trust you that even when it doesn't work out like I've planned, or even when I have a really good idea of telling you what, how you need to answer my prayer, and that part doesn't work, and then all of a sudden, you, but you're going to trust God that even if it doesn't, even if you, you're, you're, the, 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 the path and the trip was a whole lot different than you planned, my faith is in God. My trust is in Him. Even when it comes a different way, but I'm going to trust you. That's, that's part of what... Uh, having and living a, a life of faith is, is that we're, God, we're just going to trust you. We'll, we'll actually go to one more verse I didn't put in, my, in, in the notes. But here in verse 39, it says, The salvation of, of Psalms 37, the, the salvation of the righteous comes from the Lord, and He is their stronghold in a time of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He, he delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they 
the King James says, or New King James says, trust in Him. Brought the word back out. This says takes refuge in Him. But they've trusted in Him. You know, it's amazing to me how, how if we just choose to put our faith and our trust in God, that regardless of what we are up against in life, we can come out on the other side in, in a good place, in a place of blessing. You know, faith, the development of faith requires effort. The, the prayer of faith, the ability to, to hear and receive from God requires time, requires learning how. And nothing in life that you ever done that, that, that was worth anything didn't require, it required a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of, a lot of attention. And where our, our relationship with God is, not our salvation, but our ability to, to walk in the faith that, that God requires for moving mountains, it requires some time to spend with Him and say, okay, God, what is it you want me to do? How do you want me to pray? What is your word on the, uh, and, on the promise? And how do I apply it? And then when doubt comes, Lord, how do I overcome this doubt? this issue I have. So listen, all that's part of that life of faith. I believe that, that uh, as you make a choice to do that, that you'll have the ability because God's in you and God's with you. So let's pray. Father, we just come before you today. And, and Lord, we just thank you and we praise you that, Lord, with, with everything that we face in this life, with all the challenges that are out there, the Lord, regardless of what happens in Washington, regardless of what happens in our, in our, in the economic, in the economics uh, of this, of this nation, regardless of what happens in, in my, uh, in my life, I'm going to trust you. And when we, when we put that faith in God to start with, Lord, we've just tapped into a resource that changes everything. The Father, just as, as you gave me that word this morning, the faith in God changes everything because God can change anything. Lord, we put our faith and our trust in you on that. And Lord, we just thank you for it. Now, Father, I praise you and I thank you that when we make Jesus Lord, as we said in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that when we believe in our heart that Jesus is the Christ, that you raised him from the dead and we confess him as Lord, that we can become saved. If there's anybody within the sound of my voice who's not made Jesus Lord, who's not certain of that, that, Father, they can make that their prayer. And, Lord, you'll hear that prayer and receive them. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. As we get ready to close, I just want to challenge you. If you pray that prayer, there's a, a follow-up to that. That's make contact. Let us know so that we can begin to walk with you in that decision towards Christ. And, and if you're online, make contact with us through the website or through Facebook. All right. Well, if you'll stay.